0: Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Special Edition is a production of Intercom Communications.
1: Thanks for joining us this week on Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. This week, it is National School Choice Week, and Andrew Campanella will be here to discuss school choice and the changing education scene across America. We'll also get some good advice from Susan Weinstock. She's the Vice President of Financial Resilience of AARP, and she has the advice for some of those older workers. We're also going to meet Danielle and Vicki. They are members of the Leadership Lackawanna Class of 2021. They have already begun projects in the community, and Danielle and Vicki will give us the details not only on theirs, but the other member projects as well. But first, we're going to start off by introducing you to Alexa Peregrim. And Alexa has the mouth-watering details that the Lackawanna County Visitors Bureau has started a pizza trail. That's one place you might want to get lost for a day or two. Alexa, when we think of Lackawanna County, we think of so many different things. There's all kinds of things happening from indoors, outdoors. But I think you're right. I think about pizza. <sighs> <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> now, where, first of all, Tell our listeners what you have, and then you can explain how all this came about. This is a pizza trail, but it has nothing to do with littering.
2: No. So the um, we have about a hundred and sixty plus mom and pop pizza places within Lackawanna County itself. So obviously within the local areas, within the local towns, everybody is very passionate about pizza. What their favorite pizza places are, uh, you know, who they absolutely have to get on a Friday night. So we decided to take all of that and gather the information and make sure that we did get the locally owned pizza places on a list. And we wanted to make sure that we got the locals involved in it. So they were the ones who voted on their favorite pizza places to be on the map. Um, And it narrowed it down to 63 locally owned pizza places within Lackawanna County.
1: Within Lackawanna County. So it's not just... We think of Old Forge. We think of, you know, different places. So you're throughout the county. Where What kind yeah. of uh, cities are you talking about? We're talking
2: some Archville, Dessa, Clark Summit, uh, Dalton, um, anywhere in the Abingtons, Old Forge, of course, Taylor. We're talking all throughout the county from downtown Scranton to out in the rural areas. Um, where there are those uh, pizza places. So any place within the county,
1: they would be on the map um, and every location is covered. So it's giving us the opportunity to find out that there are more hidden gyms of pizza delicacies than just the uh, places that we would normally think about. And you said that they were able to vote on their own. How did that happen? We had to come up with a
2: system, so it took a little bit of uh, logistics and trying to figure out how we wanted to make sure that this worked and it was fair. And when we gathered up the entire pile of, or the entire entire listing of pizza places, we decided to break it down by region within the county. So we broke it down by city. And then we had to break it down a little bit further because places like Scranton had you know, well over 50 locations themselves. So then we had to break Scranton down a little bit further, and we had to break down a couple of other places a little bit further so that everybody got a fair shot to be voted on. Um, and then the locals went onto our website. There was a link for it. They went on, they voted for their favorite places. Every week we did three different vote systems um, and did three different places within Lackawanna County.
1: They voted, and then we compiled all of these votes afterwards. Wow. That's that's yeah. well, that's a lot. But then again, we are talking about pizza. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, and 150 of them. <laughs> and when you're talking about that, Alexa, you know, so many people have their own recipes. They have. Do you also give on the on the website? Because we're going to talk a little bit about about the map in a moment. But um, do you also give a little background or uh, a something about each place that uh, each business that you've that you've contacted? We do.
2: So we have a small listing for each place that is on the map, a little description for them. So many of them have been open for over 30, 40, 50 years. So we make sure to mention that because it is unique to them. And then some of them are brand new um, or they took over from a family member. So we wanted to make sure those unique tidbits were within the description and pictures. But then there's also ways that you can go onto their website. Um, to get more details and contact information.
1: Now, tell us about the map. How does that work?
2: So the map is color-coded to the different regions, so Scranton, Dunmore, Clark Summit, all those different little cities. So if you're in an area and you're, let's say, at Steamtown National Historic Site and you want to go to a pizza place downtown that's within walking distance, you can pick Scranton, and then it's broken down through downtown Scranton so that you can see where you're going. And you could pick a place from there and you can make your way through different places within the Scranton area or venture out.
1: Now, I'm not going to tell anyone what your answer is to this, but did you have the (laughs) opportunity to be invited to some of these for a taste test?
3: (laughs) We have,
2: (laughs) yes. We have been making our way through so that we can meet with the owners face-to-face. We have met quite a few of them already. So we're making our way through, as you know, 63 places is quite a lot. Mm. Um, so we're, we're slowly going through them. And we've had to deal with a couple of obviously shutdowns of the restaurants um, per restrictions within Pennsylvania with COVID. So we're working our way around that. And we just want to make sure that we are face to face with the owners and they know who we are and we create that relationship with them because at the end of the day, this is their pizza trail. This is something that they can use to advertise their business. Um, and Eventually we will make sure that they are fully involved with the decisions and marketing and, and things like that so they can take full advantage of it.
1: That's pretty cool. And I, I can see some pizza competitions and just like <laughs> with the with the Kilbasi fests and all yeah, the other kind of great food things. While I have you here, let's talk a little bit about Lackawanna County, because as I said, there are just so many things that are going on. And now we have a Dundee. Yes, (laughs) we have a Dundee Award. Yes, you're going to have to explain that for some of our listeners.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we are the home base um, for the hit NBC TV series, The Office. Um, it was based in Scranton, Pennsylvania. There were some instances where uh, some scenes were filmed here, mostly within the opening credits, which uh, I believe that um, uh, Jim Krasinski, he was one of the uh, folks who actually filmed the opening credits for the office uh, when he came through Scranton or before it aired. Uh, but the Dundee Awards is something that Michael Scott, he did in the show and that's his character name. did in the show um, to reward his employees so when the tv series is now airing on peacock tv um, they decided to award scranton with the largest dundee award in the world (laughs) for for best hometown and we have that currently sitting at city hall
1: (laughs) well i i have a funny feeling that if you invited crew from the office back and said, hey, guess what we have now? This pizza trail. I think they just might show up and uh, help you help (laughs) you kick that off, too. (laughs) I would
2: hope so. That's a good idea. I'll have to see if I can get in touch with anybody.
1: (laughs) How about other parts of Lackawanna County? If, If I if I just said to you, Alexa, you are involved with the uh, Lackawanna County Pizza Trail. You're involved with the Lackawanna County Tourism. Off the top of your head, just give me a couple of things to do.
2: Oh, goodness. I hope your show's long enough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, right now, as you know, with COVID, a lot of activities have been outdoors. So we do have so many park systems, so many hiking trail systems, bike systems, We have the Lost Trails ACV Adventures that you can still do. The winter is beautiful for things like that between ice formations um, over the river. The river last year was voted the PA River of the Year. Uh, So I absolutely take advantage of fishing on that river. Um, Then there's also um, Shiver Fest that they do in the wintertime as well, which is a uh, kayak and canoe competition down the river. Uh, We also have lots of hiking, beautiful sightseeing areas for that. Uh, We also have the Coal Mine Tour, the Houdini Museum, Steamtown National Historic Site, the Electric City Trolley Museum, Leahy Family Fun Park. Uh, We have the AAA Yankee affiliate team, the Rail Riders. Uh, We also have the Pavilion at Montage, which is a Live Nation concert venue. We have Montage Mountain Resorts for skiing, snow tubing, and snowboarding, um, and their water park in the summer. There are so many things to do within this county, and uh, it's a hidden gem for us and for everyone to come here for a nice trip. Um, you can camp or you can stay in a beautiful uh, luxury hotel. It all depends upon what you're looking for. And what I always tell people is that you can truly customize it and I can help you customize it. If you ever want to come to the visitor's bureau and get some more details,
1: where do we find you?
2: <laughs> you can look for us at visit That is our website. It does also have our 2021 visitors guide on that website as well. So you can get a full view of everything that is taking place um, and all the events that happen throughout the year. Um, And you can always reach out to me as the sales manager and ask for me and I will help you plan a nice little
1: trip. That's great. Now, uh, the last thing is our quiz. And I do have a quiz for you today. So uh, on the pizza trail, are we getting a pie or a tray? You're going to get a tray. (laughs) How about a slice or a cut? a cut okay (laughs) and (laughs) make sure you use that lingo (laughs) and depending on where you are that could definitely change Alexa one more time give us the uh, give us the website how people can get in touch with you and uh, once again the pizza trail woohoo yes
2: Uh, you can visit us at visitnepa.org
1: That's Alexa Peregrine with the Lackawanna County Visitors Bureau in Scranton and all the details that they have so far about the Lackawanna County Pizza Trail. Alexa says there will be more to come in the future. And you can always check out their website. To get all the details and updates. Now, don't go away. When we come back, we're going to meet Danielle and Vicki. They're members of the Leadership Lackawanna Class of 2021, and their projects could use your help. Don't go away. More on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. Now, I'm going to introduce you to Danielle Weinschenk. She's from the Toby Hanna Army Depot, and Vicki Hazuri. She's from Binko Dental. Together, they are members of the Leadership Lackawanna Class of 2021. That class already busy starting different projects throughout the community. Both Danielle and Vicki are going to talk about the project they're working on, as well as the other projects, and on all of the projects, they could use some of your help. Danielle, let's have you begin by first giving us a little bit of an overview. We've heard a lot about them. We know you guys are out there. Leadership Lackawanna.
4: So Leadership Lackawanna is Northeastern Pennsylvania's premier community leadership and professional development organization. There are six programs under the Leadership Lackawanna umbrella, and really there's something for everybody. There's the core class, which Vicki and I are part of. Tomorrow's Leaders Today, which focuses on high school students. Leadership U, which is for college students. Welcome Scranton, which is a shorter program that just aims to familiarize people with all that Lackawanna County has to offer. The executive program, which is for senior leaders. And the brand new Leadership Fundamentals course, which is an online program for people that want to enrich their leadership skills.
1: Wow. Who knew? I mean, I've heard of Leadership Lackawanna and so many classes, but I didn't realize that there were all these other different... so. I'm just going to have to get in here now, and we're going to have to bring your your compadre there, Vicki, in. And Vicki, how did you get involved in Leadership Lackawanna?
5: I've heard great, great things about uh, the program from colleagues and coworkers and close friends of mine, and everyone always had a very positive thing to say about the program, uh, specifically learning leadership skills, and not only that, but networking with um, folks who are in the community as well and trying to learn about these leadership skills. So I wanted to be involved and I had asked my employer if I could join the program. So I was able to join this year's core program um, and we have met, you know, great team members um, from all over. My employer, um, Banco, a lot of our coworkers have joined through the program through Banco. Um, that's how I decided to join because most of my coworkers had told me about it, what led me to question about the program and try to get involved. And the idea of the leadership program really intrigued me. I have found great things with the program. I recommend it to everyone I know. I've learned so many things from Danielle and from all my other team members, just not only the leadership skills that we learn uh, in our monthly meetings with the Leadership Lackawanna, but also just Interacting and learning. I mean, I'm not a market, someone from in public relations or media, and I've learned so much from Danielle and Sarah, who are my team members. I can't recommend this program enough to anyone else.
4: Let's talk to Danielle for a second now. Uh, Leadership Lackawanna is really a program that anyone can participate in as long as they live or work in. Lackawanna County. Uh, A lot of people do come to it through their employers. Um, Leadership Lackawanna has tremendous relationships with employers throughout Lackawanna County. But, you know, the application window for leadership uh, core class, which Vicki and I are part of opens in the spring. So if anyone wants to participate, um, they could apply. And then, you know, I do recommend going through your employer because it's just a great way to engage their support. And really, if your employer isn't already engaged, get them involved in the really good mission of leadership Lackawanna, which isn't just about training people to be good leaders, but really about giving back to Lackawanna County. Um, A fundamental part of the core class is a service project that fulfills a need in the community. So this year's core class actually has four incredible projects that are going to make Lackawanna County a much, much better place.
1: Oh, well we'll talk about all of those and yours in particular in just one moment, but what if someone is hearing this now and they would like to find out more?
4: So anyone who's interested in Leadership Lackawanna can visit the Leadership Lackawanna website at www.leadershiplackawanna.com and learn about all six programs under the leadership umbrella, as well as our core class projects. And there's also contact information for the executive director of Leadership Lackawanna there. And, you know, all the information you might need to either get involved
1: as a participant of the class or just to support the incredible program. Now, Vicki, and let's (laughs) find out about the particular project that you're involved with?
5: Our team has been uh, able to team up with the North Pocono Public Library to create an outdoor learning space for the library. And the key component of this new space would be a beautiful gazebo that is to be used throughout the year. And so despite the challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic, the North Pocono Public Library still continues to provide educational experiences for all their patrons, of all ages, and these would include children's story time, outdoor nature classes, um, as well as other events and programs that the library continues to uphold. Um, Our project will create a year-round learning space for the library to support these programs, as well as others in the future. Um, Unfortunately, you know, our project, like everything else, this year has been affected by the pandemic. Uh, So fundraising opportunities are very limited, and we're looking for the community to support and help us sponsor the project.
1: Now, how did you get involved with North Pocono Library? Do they look for you or do you look for them?
5: The community actually has to put in a request for a proposal for their specific projects. Um, like Danielle had mentioned, there's four different, program, four different, uh, sorry, four different projects rather um, that help each part of the community. And these associations would put in their request for a proposal for a project and they'd get elected by Leadership Lackawanna.
1: And I love the title, the North Pocono Library Gazebo, Book with a View. How cool. Yes. Uh, Danielle, can you tell us about the other three projects that the class is also involved with? Absolutely.
4: So our projects this year are, are really incredible and are serving big needs in Northeastern Pennsylvania. So the project, the next project is working with the Boys and Girls Club of Northeastern Pennsylvania. And that team is helping them develop a virtual outreach and programming capability so that no matter what the public health situation is this summer and this fall and even next year, uh, that incredible organization can can continue to serve their stakeholders. There's also a team working with the Keystone Mission, and they're trying to outfit a mobile outreach vehicle, which will be able to perform outreach services for Scranton's homeless population. The final team is working with NeighborWorks of Northeastern Pennsylvania, and they're trying to stand up a Hometown Heroes banner program to recognize military heroes from West Scranton. This is part of a much larger revitalization effort for West Granton. And as you can imagine, it's something that's really going to bring a lot of pride to the community.
1: Absolutely. And we're familiar with all those organizations. So kudos. That is wonderful. Now, Vicki, you mentioned the fact that you're dealing with this project that contains a gazebo. So is the class going to build the gazebo Or are you going to be more of involved with raising the funds in order to get that done?
5: Correct. So we're more on the raising the funds part of it. We have looked for a gazebo that would be functional as well as aesthetically pleasing to go with the landscape of the library currently. So we've been researching and trying to look for different gazebo designs as well as what would be the most functional for that area. Uh, What we're trying to do is raise the funds and try to get the community um, support and involvement in trying to build this gazebo.
1: And if someone wanted to make a donation?
5: Uh, We do have a video that we have posted on the Leadership Lackawanna website. um, And there you can learn more about the project from our video, but also how to donate. Um, That website is leadershiplackawanna.com backslash project.
1: And is there a time frame for raising the money? We
5: would like to raise money by the end of February. Um, That way we can gauge if we need to try other fundraising options. Donations can come in at any time throughout our project.
1: Do you have an anticipated date of when the project might be at fruition? Yeah, so our class graduates in June. So
4: we have to have this gazebo fundraised and built no later than June and we're
1: really looking forward to the northeastern Pennsylvania winter ending so that we can start breaking ground and and make this dream a reality. I've heard many times about the projects that Leadership Lackawanna gets involved with. I'll ask you both to give me your thoughts on this. Doing something like this with all the constraints of the pandemic—did you have any thoughts about saying, "Oh, maybe I'll wait. I'll join next time around. Maybe things will be different," or did you see this as more of a a challenge? For me, I really wanted to do Leadership Lakawana this
4: year for a couple reasons. Um, One, because of the pandemic, I felt really moved to get more involved in my community. Um, It's been a, a very isolating year, and Seeing my friends and neighbors and, and just people of the community that I, that I interact with, seeing them suffering in a way that I didn't have to really made me want to give back to my community. So this was the year for me that no matter what happened, I was going to do leadership. Um, as Vicki mentioned, we've had to be creative in terms of how to meet as a team and just in how to raise funds for this project. But I felt passionately that this was the year I wanted to do it. I was especially excited to get this project because not only am I a resident of the North Pocono community, but I was a kid who used libraries. I understand what an important need our library served, and not knowing what the public health situation is going to be this summer and fall, the library really needs this space to make sure that they can continue to provide educational programming to kids who might not be able to get it otherwise. Vicky,
5: I also joined for the same reasons. Um, I know there's challenges with the pandemic, but we have overcome those challenges by, you know, if we can't meet physically, we've done meetings over Zoom and we've met so many times as a team. And because of our creative minds and the way we meet, we're able to overcome those challenges. Uh, Fundraising and sponsoring, we've, you know, reached out to so many folks who are so receptive and so helpful. And like Danielle has said, there's so many challenges that, you know, our neighbors are facing that, it wasn't an issue to to want to join it wasn't um, a question to join it was what can we do now to help and what can we do to make the community better for our neighbors and as a mom same thing my kids love the library we do we go to libraries every summer and i can only see you know even my own kids using this space to help them learn and to grow and just use the resources that the library is able to provide and be able to enhance that even with this
1: new space. So what happens after you graduate from the class of Leadership Lackawanna?
4: Well, there's a number of options for Leadership Lackawanna graduates to continue to engage with the organization. Uh, our current team advisors are actually last year's core project members and then Leadership Lackawanna graduates can go ahead and join the Leadership Lackawanna board. They also can just get engaged in what the other projects are doing. Um, all four of our projects this year are having to fundraise, and I know that we've all seen really incredible support from those graduates. So once you graduate, Leadership Lackawanna is not done with you. Um, you get in, they're never going to let you go.
1: Vicki, what do you plan to do once you graduate?
5: I love our advisor, and I feel I've learned so much. Uh, it only, the next step with Become an advisor or something close to it. Um, I know the resources that we get from them is so helpful. And um, colleagues of mine who have been past leadership core members, I go to the department for advice as well. And like Danielle said, I mean, you you always find someone who was a member. And I hope to be able to lend uh, my learning experience to someone
1: who will become a member. Vicky, while I have you right there, I'm going to have you give us the. Once again, the rundown of your project and as far as how people can in, can get involved while you're doing your fundraising.
5: Sure. So our project is going to be able to build a gazebo and learning center for the North Pocono Public Library. Uh, We hope to build a beautiful gazebo that will help to further enhance and facilitate the current library programs that they offer to all their patrons. To find more about our project and to see our video and how to donate, please visit www.leadershiplakawana.com backslash project
1: and Danielle, once they've heard all about this and they're excited and they would like to get involved, how do they go about doing that? And again, if you can run down those other the other projects that you have going on and how people might be able to help with those as well.
4: So again, Leadership Lackawanna has four incredible community service projects this year that are going to really make Lackawanna County a better place. Uh, our team, as Vicki mentioned, is working with the North Cocono Public Library to create an outdoor learning space. There's also a team working with the Boys and Girls Club of Northeastern Pennsylvania to develop a virtual outreach and programming capability. There's a team working with the Keystone Mission to help them outfit a mobile outreach vehicle for Scranton's homeless population. And a team working with NeighborWorks of Northeastern Pennsylvania to stand up a Hometown Heroes Center Program in West Scranton. If our project doesn't appeal to you, I strongly encourage you to learn about our other projects and consider donating to them. You can do so at www.leadershiplackawanna.com slash donate. And there's an easy PayPal button. The only thing that a donor would need to do is make sure that in the special instructions of the PayPal interface, they just indicate which project they'd like to donate to. No donation is too small. And if you think that Lackawanna County needs to be improved, this is your chance to help us do that.
1: Thanks again to Danielle Weinshank and Vicki Hazori, members of the Leadership Lackawanna Class of 2021. Congratulations to all the members on all the projects that they're undertaking throughout the community for this year's class. And don't forget, there's still time for you to visit their website and make a donation. Now don't go away. When we come back, Andrew Campanella... President of National School Choice Week and Susan Weinstock, Financial Resilience Vice President, AARP, will have more information for you on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. This week, it's School Choice Week. What is that? Who might be interested? What might you find if you look for school choices? Andrew Campanella is here to tell us all about it. And if you would like to find out more, you can check out their website, schoolchoiceweek.com. Andrew, what a topic because of the fact that we have so many changes in schools and the way that children are going to school. What first ever brought about National School Choice Week?
0: Well, National School Choice Week was created in 2011 to raise awareness about all the options that families have for their children's education, public, charter, private, magnet, online, and home education. And over the past 10 years, what we have done is provide families with resources and information and hopefully some inspiration when it comes to finding schools that meet their children's needs. We recognize all the options equally. So we are not steering families towards one type of school or away from another. Our goal is to just raise awareness and help families navigate the process of choosing a school for their children because for too many families, they view this process as stressful and complicated. And so we want to take some of the stress and the complication out of that.
1: Well, let's get right into what everybody has been introduced to, and that is virtual school, online learning. Can you Kind of give us a little bit of a focus on that, because for, for most people, that was something entirely new.
0: Right. And so the pandemic yielded some really quick emergency changes to the way education is and was delivered to students in this country. And what happened was schools had to adjust on a dime and determine how would they continue educating Students And they came up with some emergency remote learning systems. Some of these were better than others. And um, they're not the same as traditional online learning or full-time online schooling, which is a method of education that has been around for more than a decade, and they've gotten really good at best practices, making sure that kids don't have to sit in front of a camera for six or eight hours, making sure they don't have to watch a computer screen for six or eight hours at a time. So yes, this emergency remote learning has caused a lot of frustration among families and it has fueled a huge interest in school choice. Um, Schools have gotten in some ways better at it over time, but I think everybody's ready to be over with it. And uh, if you want to go to online school, uh, there are those options available. They are set up to do this and in-person schools. Uh, looking forward to go back in person.
1: And and again, when we're talking about the differences, um, I know a lot of people have mentioned, especially the fact of younger children. So can you give us a little bit of a, you know, again, a lot of this love those teachers out there. They're really giving it their all and they're they're trying their darndest. But. So many people have said that for younger children, they need more of the one-on-one contact. So do you find that in, if you are doing it, just regular online learning?
0: Well, with regular full-time online school, this, uh, these realities, these best practices are all built into the model. So students are learning based on their age, based on their grade level, uh, based on the required involvement from their families. They are, they're going through what has been determined to be an effective education model. It does not include having kids sit and stare at a screen for, for a full day. I've talked to people who run online schools, and they tell me that that's just bad practice, and it's a demotivator. And so, um, yeah, you're right. <laughs> there are uh, better ways of educating younger children that don't include requiring them to just stare at a screen. And you know, I'm not faulting um, teachers and administrators and school leaders. Oh,
1: absolutely not. No.
0: Having to deal with, to deal with a, a pandemic like this, they've been heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have done everything possible to try to help students. This is just a difficult time, not just in education, but across our country for a lot of reasons. And, um, you know, I think it's important to look forward and make sure that we can, A, Help kids learn right now. B, make sure that, uh, they don't lose the passion and excitement that comes with learning. They don't look at learning and the acquisition of knowledge as some sort of a bore. And three, make sure, or C, make sure we can make up for the lost learning that happened this year. Um, so that students can be on the right track and continue, uh, continue learning and, and pursuing their interests.
1: Well, one of the reasons that I ask that is because I know that there are a lot of students who are benefiting from the opportunity to be learning virtually virtually. Not in the classroom. A lot of distractions are are taken away from them, but parents are still concerned about that one-on-one kind of relationship that especially younger students may have. So if families are interested, are they able to find out about all of the different options in school choice that are available now, even though they're pretty much doing it everybody the one way?
0: Sure. So the options that families have in terms of types of schools they can choose for their kids have not changed because of the pandemic, but the pandemic has required the way individual schools deliver education to change. So families should still, if they're interested in finding a new or different learning environment for their children, whether for the remainder of this school year or more likely for the next school year, they should start that process now. And At School Choice Week, we have put together resources for families that are comprehensive and detailed and practical that help you navigate all the different options in your state, step-by-step, in a jargon-free way. And we also have a new School Finder tool called Schools Near Me that we just launched two weeks ago, lets you search for all the different types of schools in your area, visit their websites, and build a list of prospect schools. So we're hopeful that parents will use School Choice Week, as they always have done, to look at their options, to evaluate their options, and to make decisions in advance of next school year. Because if you wait too long, you'll find that you have fewer choices as parents sign their kids up for different schools and those schools become fully enrolled. You start the process now, schools can adjust and they can add more seats.
1: And where do we find all the information?
0: Sure. It's at schoolchoiceweek.com. That's schoolchoiceweek.com. Information for families uh, and for educators as well.
1: And I don't want to run over our time, Andrew, but I just want to get your take on what's been happening and how this may even, as you said, you know, make more room for people. Do you see that as becoming a a difference now that people have had to do this and maybe as the future goes on, they're going to be saying, well, maybe I can choose something else. Has this kind of sparked an interest in that?
0: It really has. 63% of parents told us in a poll that they're looking for a new school for their child or they have looked. I thought the number of sky high. We ran the poll with a different group of folks. They said the same thing. There's a huge interest in school choice out there. It's not an indictment of any one type of school. It's just the reality that parents are all focusing on education this year at one time, and families are recognizing that even if they really like their child's school, they want options. Because in case something like this pandemic ever happens again, they want to be able to switch, or they're seeing that, you know, maybe the things their kids are learning don't meet need- what the family wants. There are so many different reasons why you might choose
4: a different school.
1: Well, that was, again, that was going to be my next question. And are all these different schools available throughout the U.S.?
4: Really
0: depends on where you live. So every state has their own school choice policies, and every state provide different opportunities for parents. Some states have open enrollment programs, let you choose public schools outside of your zone or district, charter schools that are free to attend, magnet schools that are free to attend and based on themes, online public schools also free to attend. Some states have programs that provide tuition assistance for private schools in grades K through 12, um, almost like financial aid, and of course homeschooling, which is available in all 50 states. So go to our website, schoolchoiceweek.com, and find out the options in your state. Um, there are more options for families today than there ever have been, and uh, now is the time to start the process if you want to make a change for the next school
1: year. Well, you sound like you're going to be very busy, Andrew, so lots of luck, and uh, hopefully with the, what, maybe when next year's School Choice Week comes along, you'll have different things to tell us about.
0: Absolutely. It's going to be an interesting year, and I appreciate the time, and I hope everybody. Um, will join us in looking forward and seeing what we can all do to help kids learn and succeed even during a challenging time.
1: Once again, thanks to Andrew Campanella. He is the president of School Choice Week, which is getting underway this week. And again, if you would like to find out more information or have other questions that you would like to get answered, you can log on to schoolchoiceweek.com. The coronavirus pandemic has certainly changed the way that children are attending classes this year. And it's also changed the way that many people have been going to work. Some of them haven't been. Susan Weinstock is the Vice President of Financial Resilience for AARP, and she's going to tell us about how the pandemic has affected the elderly and women workers. And she also has some advice for job seekers, as well as information on an upcoming job fair that will be on their website later this week. Susan, it's right there in your title, finances. Everybody's always concerned about them. So what's happening with finances for those of us who are a little bit on the older side?
3: Well, what we're really worried about is those who are unemployed uh, and those who are older workers. Uh, this uh, pandemic has, you know, we have now a 6.7% uh, unemployment rate, which is uh, almost double what it was pre the pandemic. And then almost half of those who are uh, 55 and older uh, who are unemployed have now been unemployed for, they're called long-term unemployed. That means they've been uh, unemployed for Uh, six months or more. And that is a long time.
1: And when we're, when we're talking about that again, um, we've been hearing, I know here in Pennsylvania um, there's been unemployment issues and many people have not received unemployment amounts. So that's even making the situation worse.
3: Absolutely. And uh, the unemployment rate in Pennsylvania is uh, 1.5% higher than it was back in February. It's at 6.6%. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a tough situation for a lot of people. There was the stimulus bill that, uh, you know, recently passed that has an extra $300 in unemployment benefits plus the $600 in stimulus payments. Uh, So I think those will be the lifeline that people are going to need to get through this pandemic. Uh, that will that will be a big help to folks, but very, very difficult.
1: and when we're talking about unemployment, again, um, things have changed in many years, and it's not necessarily the male who is the breadwinner of the family or uh, in some instances, the female is dealing with everything on her own. So does it seem that women? are more impacted from what you've been hearing at AARP?
3: Absolutely. Uh, Unfortunately, women are, uh, you know, have many, many burdens uh, as part of this pandemic. They're often um, providing uh, child care to a kid who's on Zoom for school, and they may be caregiving for a loved one, a parent, a a spouse, a child also. Um, And then they're trying to hold down a job. So it's, it's really, really been tough. Uh, women, uh, 55 and older are, their unemployment rate is more than double, uh, than it was, uh, back in February. Uh, and it's just been, it's been very uh, difficult for them to, to be able to, you know, juggle all of these different parts of their lives and keep the job. So some are, are just leaving the workforce. Our December unemployment numbers, uh, once you take into account that men actually gained employment, was 140,000 jobs lost by women uh, in this economy. So it's been a really tough road for, for women.
1: And aside from being women, also being older workers, does how does that affect both men and women with uh, those who have right. who have lost their jobs and are finding it now more difficult to get work in the workforce?
3: Right. Exactly. Well, we know, we did research after the Great Recession, and we found that folks who had lost their job in the Great Recession took almost double the time to find a new job, as did younger workers. And then even when they did find a new job, they often made less, uh, their salary was less than it had been prior to uh, the recession, prior to them losing their job. So, you know, this is the part of my title about financial resilience. You know, work is... (laughs) The key component of financial resilience. And so it's uh, so important. And we're living longer. We're living healthier. Uh, a lot of people we've done survey research. Not only do they work for the money, but they work because it gives them a sense of purpose. It gives them, um, social isolation. It um, you know, it gives you meaning. Uh, they enjoy the work. Um, so it, it just, it's so hard when you lose a job at any age, but particularly if you're an older worker.
1: So many older workers who have been displaced because of the pandemic are going out and starting new careers, going to places where they have to have sometimes training for things like this. So what can you can what can you suggest that might give them a little bit more confidence uh, in going out to some of those situations? Because that's tough.
3: Yes, absolutely. And we actually did survey research that showed that women were finding it more daunting than men uh, to go out and, and find that new job, uh, just sort of more dreading it. Um, but the thing that would be uh, the most useful at this point if you're unemployed is to think about, uh, you know, reskilling and upskilling. So contact your local community college. Courses are very affordable. If you're of a certain age. They're often free. Uh, and you can take a course online. You don't have to leave your house. Uh, you may be able to get a certificate. This is something that you could add to your resume, add to your LinkedIn profile. It demonstrates that you're a go-getter, that you're always interested in, you know, lifelong learning and, and uh, increasing your skill set. And that's a, an important thing for an employer. And you can put that in your cover letter for a job you're applying for. You know, yes, i have unemployed, but I've also learned how to do this through uh, online courses because of, um, because I'm unemployed.
1: So do you think it's better to have something in mind? Because again, you're going to be putting time into that and hopefully be able to reap something once you get to the other end. Should you look at things and say, well, I think I'd be interested in that, so I need to brush up my skills on that and then come back and then apply?
3: Sure, that's a great way to do it. There's also career counselors at local community colleges that can help pick the courses that you might need. Um, And, you know, you can, you know, look around and and use LinkedIn to look at what, if there's a field you want to go into, see if you can find people in that field that you might be able to talk to and look at their career trajectories and see what sort of uh, certificates and information they provide. That might give you a good good, uh, flow to see what might work for you.
1: It's a whole new world. When you think about where many of us came from when we were first starting out and now we have technology to contend with and so many other things. Are there other resources, Susan, that we might be able to tell our listeners that, you know, the ones that you gave so far are great, but would there be any more that they can use because the more help they can get, the better?
3: Absolutely. Yes. So we have an online career fair that's coming up on January the 28th from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, This will be an opportunity to network. There will be employers that will be participating. Uh, We'll have webinars about building your LinkedIn profile, other uh, information. So that should be very useful. So go to aarp.org slash onlinecareerexpo to register for that. And then if you go to ARP.org slash work, we have a job board that has jobs posted from employers who are interested in hiring older workers. Uh, we also have a resume tool where you can get a free critique of your resume. And then we have a lot of content about uh, industries that are hiring jobs, work from home jobs, part-time jobs, uh, that sort of thing that, that that will be very useful to people.
1: Oh, Susan, please give us that information one more time. The where, the when, and how we, that's awesome. Woo, didn't know about that one.
3: Oh, good. Well, I'm, I'm happy to provide that information. So the Expo, uh, the Online Career Expo is Thursday, January 28th from 1 to 4 p.m. And the, uh, to register, go to aarp.org slash Online Career Expo. And then aarp.org slash work is where you'll find our job board, our, um, our resume tool, and all of the content that I mentioned.
1: Well, I certainly hope that you'll come back and visit with us again, because let us know how all that turns out. That is a wonderful resource. Thank you, Susan. What a great way to, to start the day today by learning something new from you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. You take care. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Susan. We'll talk to you again. All right. Once again, that career expo is coming up this Thursday, the twenty eighth, from one until four p.m. Log on to aarp.org/onlinecareerexpo or aarp.org/work for information. Thanks for listening
0: to special edition. A weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. A production of Intercom Communications. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word